One, two. Hey, Hank. Hello. Check. I am testing. Oh, no, I'm actually Nathan, but uh, yes. I am also doing the You can't the say test. your name yet. We haven't gotten there. No, we haven't. Are we recording? I mean, the preliminary mic check. I mean, yeah. Is, I is the tape rolling, as it were? Twer. It, it be rolling, if, if it were, as it Twer were. Twer means it was and is Tis. no longer. Tis. 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 Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. Just want to be clear. I mean, it twer, but tis also. Twer, but tis also. Well, tis a joyous post-Eastertide uh, we are now in as of the recording. Well, it's not post-Eastertide. It's still Eastertide. He was no. going to say post-Easter, but post then he decided, Easter. oh, maybe I should say. Tide. It is Eastertide. And it is Eastertide, my dudes. My dudes. <laughs> Lent is over, my dudes. Now we uh, enter into the normal boring world without Lent. Well, well, not normal, but this uh, abnormal, slightly more boring world. I don't get it. I, I don't understand. I don't, I don't. I don't feel you. I don't agree. Yeah, that's it's the kind world of a, is it's, not it's particularly take, boring, or normal. It is different. It's not like it is just non-lent. It's not particular at this moment. Yeah, but it still, sort of is. We are in a liturgical season. It is hard to be that. Because we're all cooped up inside and we can't be joyous. I mean, I mean we, can we, can. we can we can rejoice in the improving weather conditions. Yep. Those are nice. Yeah, we can. It's supposed to be balm and whoppy. It snowed significantly less last week. Uh, <laughs> Why did I say bal- bal- balm and whoppy? I meant to say a whopping balmy 60 degrees. A balm and whoppy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bomb and wop, bomb and wop, bomb and wop. <laughs> that sounds like the base, the base level for a, a doo wop. Yeah, pretty much. Boom, wop, 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 boom, wop. Um, but yeah, no, definitely uh, joyous. At least we can rejoice in the resurrection in such times. At least yes. we can. We can rejoice, rejoice in the, in the renewed consumption of alcohol during the podcast. Yes. Whiskey's back, my dudes. Yes. We've got some Woodford Reserve today. Rather tasty stuff. Yeah, yeah. This is the third, no, fourth, fifth different kind of whiskey I've actually tried since turning 21. Something like that. I haven't been particularly keeping track, but I've probably had about as many as you, given the fact that I drink most of them with Riley. Your supplier is the same. Yeah. (laughs) Man. Pretty much. Although, I did, my brother... Gave me some, he had me try some Pendleton, which is a Canadian whiskey. And that was actually, mm. that was pretty good as well. It was very smooth. Oh, gee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Uh. <laughs> oh, you're good, eh? Oh, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, See, part of me wonders if in the near future we'll get to do cool things, like if they'll allow like drive-in masses anytime. In the- well, Las Cruces in New Mexico has already started that. They've, yeah, they've reinstated public mass and are allowing like, drive-in. Allowing drive-in. There's mm. like five people at the actual indoor thing. Right. That's that's still in place, but mm-hmm. sure. they have like widespread 
across the diocese. Of course, it's going to be kind of limited to churches that actually have a parking lot to accommodate. Yeah, which when you're in New Mexico, you've got real estate. To you've work got with. plenty of space yeah. to work with. Yeah, even in this part of the world, the a fair most the majority of the churches in our town have enough space in their parking lot. Probably our town. In the, in the middle, middle of, of our, our town, our town, our, town. <laughs> um, our, our nondescript, vaggly midwestern town. <laughs> actually, sure though, we've told people we probably have. Before. It's on our and like Twitter profile. Yeah. Most of our listeners are people we immediately know. Yeah, except for the recent spike in female viewership that listener listenership. I mean, they've been had. oh yeah. Over the last 14 days, 100% of our Spotify listeners have been female. Why, thank so you whoever you are. Thank you for thank, putting up thanks, with us. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> I, I, I suspect it's some of the Bellator Society people. That would make sense. So if you're sure. listening, hi, thank Bellator you. Society people. Hello. Not to... <laughs> I can't... I've... Hmm. This is probably the most female attention I'll ever get in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Martyrdom. Oh, you have a sister. I have a sister. Let's, and then we I have two, two sisters. sisters. <laughs> and a mother and lots of aunts. But yes. Oof. Oof size large. <laughs> all, all, all relatives. So, But uh, yeah. Glad we can get any sort of growth in the podcast. However we can accomplish it. Um, let's see. It's been, we took a little break there for, to celebrate Easter. I mean, we could have recorded an episode because we weren't really doing anything else, but it was sort of a it's good to spend some time in withdrawal from the world. for Holy Yeah. Week. Especially over Holy Thursday, Good mm-hmm. Friday, true to him. If we had normal masses, we would have taken a break anyway. So we just decided to do it. Well, not necessarily, but well, I mean, we like, might've like, we would have, Recorded all the more day. taking a break. Yeah. Yeah. And as it is, we are back. The Palladian Papists. I am James. I'm Nathan. And I'm Riley. Uh, today, our podcast is going to be going over another film by Wes Anderson. Uh, the It's one of the more recent ones. I think it came out almost two years ago now. Mm. Isle of Dogs. Isle of Dogs, just in case we say it fast and it sounds like the pun. That dogs, it is. Isle of. Dogs, Isle of. <laughs> I do love dogs, but it this is the is Isle. referring to an island. Full of dogs. And garbage. And garbage. Lots and lots of garbage. Lots of garbage. That. Uh, garbage. Garbage everywhere. So I guess we'll uh, dive right on in. To, to the garbage. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is my we'll summary go, uh, of the We'll go dumpster movie. diving, if you will. Yes. So, Isle of Dogs is a film that takes place. It's another sort of puppet animation film, same as same studio as uh, Fantastic. Fantastic Mr. Fox, same director. Um, I think it's Indian Paintbrush is the name of it. Um, at any rate, they... So, you have a fictionalized Japan, right? Um there's an evil mayor of, I forget the name of the city. 
Is it? To- it's not Tokyo. No, it's it like it's a made up. City it's it's a made up name. I wanted to say San Francisco, but, but that's, that's that's Big, Big Hero, Hero Six. Six. Yeah, that's different. We may have to talk about that movie at some point. But I'm sure. It, it, I remember being vaguely reminded of the name Nagasaki when they said it. Megasaki. I think. Mega, Megasaki. Megasaki. That's where. Okay. That's what. That's what it was. So they're in a fictionalized uh, Japanese city of Megasaki, and the town, the evil mayor of the town, hates dogs. So. And there's recently been this outbreak of dog flu, which they're afraid might spread to humans. I promise this was not intended to be topical. And uh, <laughs> of course, it has nothing to do with dogs. But anyway, in the movie, it does. And they're banished to this abandoned island called Trash Island, which is the name is, implies is full of trash and garbage. Basically left there to die of dog flu. Um, and uh, on this island there's this band of dogs led by this rough and rowdy stray dog named chief um and he's leading this band of like city dogs and you know keeping alive and scrounging for food when one day a boy crash lands a plane on the island and the boy's name is atari and he is looking for his um pet slash guard dog spots um and so the dogs agree to um, help him find, they sort of, Chief doesn't want anything to do with this kid. He's kind of a loner. He doesn't want, you know, he's, he doesn't need human love or anything like that. So he, he's against it, but the rest of the dogs overrule him and agree to help him find spots. Um, so along the way, as they travel around <clears throat> Trash Island to these various locations looking for spots, um, Atari sort of gradually... Um, wears down chief to the point and make, you know, befriends him. And so, and over the course of the film, they reunite with spots and uh, along with a group of pro dog students uh, manage to sort of thwart the plans of like uh, the the anti-dog mayor to like exterminate all the dogs on trash Island and replace them with, we find out they're, He's working with this company to make robot dogs. So they're getting rid of the competition basically. Um, so they, they overthrow the mayor and save all the dogs and Atari becomes the new mayor, even though he's like 11 or something like that. But <laughs> it's uh, that's essentially the plot of the film. Um, so I guess what's, there's a, there's a little more complexity. I think we should talk about the aesthetic of, of the, the film. Aesthetic, <laughs> yes. Because it is very unique. Being he, another puppet animation film, Fantastic yeah. Mr. Fox had sort of a, uh, uh, an, an autumn, autumn, autumn color palette. Autumn color palette, kind of 70s vibe to and it. more of a storybook composition to everything about it. Yeah. This is a little more gritty than Fantastic Mr. Fox. The colors are a lot more washed out and bleak. There's a lot more, it's more grays a, and uh, dull blues in the color palette. Yeah, it's kind of a wintry. But then they um, they incorporate a lot of like the Japanese, obviously, culture. Most of the <laughs> kind of one of the funny things in the film is uh, all of the humans speak Japanese except for this one American foreign exchange student. In the Who's there for plot reasons. Yeah. So and, she's the only one that speaks English because and then they want you to will, understand the plot. Yeah. And people who will speak English to her. Um, but yeah, the the humans all speak Japanese and the dogs are speak English as is explained in the opening credits of the movie. 
Um, so it sort of creates this effect of, you know, the dogs understand each other, but they don't understand what the humans are saying. Except um, for specific things like, uh, like sit or sito, sito, or and not to pet. Sort of a uh, Japanglish things like that. Respecto, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which means the opposing party gets to explain their point of view or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there, so there's like the whole linguistic thing, which apparently when they brought it to Japan, the whole thing was translated into Japanese and like the language barrier joke didn't land and people didn't really get it. Um, it was kind of weird for them, but. Um, at any rate, yeah, so it's sort of more of a wintry sort of. I, d- I don't know that I entirely agree with that. I mean, it's like, it's definitely bleak, but it's not really winter. No. True, yeah. It's almost it's, entirely devoid of white. It's sort of. Everything's an off-white. It's like a misty gray, gray. bleak. Yeah, I suppose more to drive home, like they're on this bleak trash islands struggling yeah. to dogs I mean, are struggling it, it, it to stay is alive. also sort of like contrasted by the dogs mm-hmm. who are not uniformly gray no like there's a lot of like you know reddish reddish brown dogs like mm-hmm. scarlett johansson's dog yeah yes the former uh show dog mm-hmm. yeah there's like there's another there's a sort of love story arc with her and chief um i guess yeah that's so the aesthetic um I think we've pretty well covered it. And then uh, there's the Japanese art influence and stuff. There's like some frames. There's haikus here and there at pivotal plot moments <laughs> that are quite good. Um, I, there's like, I believe some of the more important points in the film are like punctuated where you have like cherry trees, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. Um, like cherry blossoms and stuff, which are very much, that's kind of a traditional, as, as I understand, like thing in Japan like cherry blossoms. I keep seeing them referenced. I don't really know much about Japan to full you disclosure. Know, just because I watch anime doesn't mean I know anything either. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do, I do know somebody whose mom is from Japan, but at any rate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then there's, there's some, it's interesting how the T the TVs are all like 2d cartoons. Mm-hmm. Or it's displaying things with like yeah, subtitles and contrast. Japanese. Yeah. And uh, there's some like news conferences where it's like an uh, English interpreter telling you what's going on. It's kind of funny. But aside from like some of the execution um, in the movie, there's uh, the, the main thing I want to talk about is sort of um, the main character, pretty much main character chief, the stray dog. Um, he's sort of got this, he, initially he starts out the story. He's this loner, right? He's kind of rough. He's get, gotten into a lot of scraps, escapes from the dog pound multiple times. Um, there's this interesting point in the film where he's talking to the other dogs in a rare moment of, uh, vulnerability and be, openness where he's talking about how he was at one point adopted by a family, but then when one of the kids in the family was trying to pet him he sort of reflexively freaked out and bit him and he didn't know why so it's sort of like in a moment where he's sort of admitting to the uncontrollability of his wild side I guess more or less um, and it's something he sort of puzzles over and doesn't quite understand about himself um, 
but he sort of excuse like he, he sort of, he has sort of this disdain for the idea of being dependent on a human master at the mm-hmm. beginning of the film. And so he wants nothing to do with Atari, the, the boy who shows up. But then over the course of the movie, Atari sort of, you He's know, very persistent him. about getting chief to love him basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like <laughs> all of the other dogs immediately are like, yep. Human, yeah. I'm gonna follow him and do what he says because he's he's great and we love him. Mm-hmm. It's just like you know, like dogs do. They yeah, just mm-hmm. unconditionally love you immediately when they meet. But it's sort of the turning point in their relationship. They get separated from the other dog, so it's just the two of them. And uh, and he just whips out this kit full of grooming supplies. And well, it starts out he he um he, he they're in this sort of abandoned theme park, and he sees this big slide. He wants to go down, and Chief's like. Don't do it. I know you want to do it, but don't do it. We got to keep moving. Then he does it anyway. And he's like, all right, fine. And then he finds this uh, old piece of pipe, drops it in front of Chief and says, fetch it. He's like, not going to do it. And then he sort of insists. And he's like, and then he throws it. He's like, fetch it. And Chief's like, I'm only going to do this because I feel sorry for you. (laughs) Um, Sort of, uh, sort of. And then they play fetch for a little bit. And um, Atari gives him a treat and calls him a good boy, which he had never, he'd never gotten a treat or any sort of positive attention like that before in his life. Um, And so, yeah, then he, then Atari whips out the grooming kit out of nowhere and just like gives him like a bath and all this care and, love that he'd never gotten being astray. And he's he originally, he's like this black, you know, scrum or scruffy, scruffy scoundrel. Mm-hmm. But then he's got, uh, actually underneath all that, he's got kind of a pretty white black spotted coat, which, uh, by the way, is very rep- reminiscent of the dog they're looking for spots. Yeah. It looks identical to him in fact. And it's sort of, uh, Interesting, and they find out that actually the two dogs were brothers, and um, Chief had been the runt and sort of, you know, um, abandoned by his family more or less and left on his own. But he reunites with his brother, who's um, in taking care of this society of uh, dogs that that were taking shelter in the had been experimented upon. Yeah, and they'd managed to break free. Um. But they, uh, so Spots, the other dog is, you know, started, he started a family, he's got a mate and they're going to have puppies. And so he's sort of taking on new responsibilities. So he passes on the mantle of being Atari's guard dog to Chief, who now that he has this newfound relationship with Atari, accepts and sort of, sort of marks a change in his character where he's willing to, you know, accept human love and then also be you know, a good guard dog with a human master accepting responsibility and like the possibility of like a a family and stuff too. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was, that's kind of chief's arc there for the most part. I think it's it's sort of implied that him and uh, (laughs) Scarlett Johansson's dog. um, Why can I not remember her name? Her name is Scarlett Johansson, the well, dog. The, the <laughs> <laughs> Isn't she like Trixie or something like, no, no, that's, that's the Triceratops in Toy Story 3. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's the Hobbitses. 
Yeah, Trixie Hobbes's. <laughs> uh, but I, the way I was sort of thinking about Chief's arc the other day was like it's sort of a metaphor um, for like, I feel like for a lot of guys, there's sort of like this I don't need anybody attitude to, you know, to some extent or another, especially like when we're younger like we are, we sometimes it's easy to think that, you know, I can just kind of do my own thing. But then there's being able to accomplish more when accepting responsibility and ultimately someday, hopefully for some of us, we'll be able to um, take on responsibility and care for a family and that sort of thing and quote unquote be tied down to something like that. Or in some people's case, you know, a parish family is a priest or something like that. So, um, but yeah, we want to have, we want to, you know, be our, at least I've noticed in my own life, I've just sort of had that desire. I was like, ah, I don't need anybody. I can just be a cool person on my own. But then. Yeah. Being the, the self-sufficient, you can solve your own problems sort of. Yeah. That's a thing I can relate to. Mm -hmm. Usually it is kind of from a, from a degree of woundedness that you have that kind of attitude. One part pride, one part shame. Yeah. yeah. You, you had an experience where you placed your trust in someone else and they didn't really follow through with it or something like that. Yeah. Which is kind of reflected in, in Chief's arc where he doesn't trust himself with other people. And, right. Yeah. Uh, he, he doesn't think they should trust him. So he, he's like, we're both better off separate. Mm hmm. One of the, uh, part of his transformation into <laughs> Atari's guard dog is that he gets a military grade exploding tooth that he can spit out and blow things up, which is <laughs> kind of hilarious. There's like, yeah. a whole fight scene between them and like the robot dogs. Yeah. The robot dogs. Uh, the movie is sort of framed um, at the beginning. They, they tell the story about an ancient clan in Japan that is, uh, you know, trying to hunt dogs to extinction, but then out of nowhere, a warrior samurai boy kills the head of the uh, cat people clan that hates dogs um, and saves the day. And so that mo that sort of symbolizes the conflict between Atari and he's, it turns out he's like the nephew and ward of the evil mayor. Um, so he, uh, so it sort of plays out that story and it turns out, the mayor towards the end kind of has a change of heart um, because there's all these, you know, big dogs, well, pff, no pun intended, but these, uh, <laughs> these sort of big leaders in, in uh, uh, Megasaki are sort of conspiring together to get this big monopoly on like the pet market. Um, yeah. Did we establish that it, as opposed, like when they send out all the dogs, it's because everyone has cats. I don't know that we thoroughly established that. Like the, the it's sort of vying implied. for cat superiority. Yeah. I yeah. don't, I don't know that we really thoroughly explained that. Yeah. And we find out that the dog flu is invented by one of these, you know, henchmen to, as an excuse to get rid of all the dogs mm -hmm. and sort of stoke the public fear against them. And Yoko and, Ono developed uh, a dog flu vaccine. And they still had, and the guy gets assassinated via poison wasabi and his, sushi <laughs> um well not funny but he, he dies in that um but they managed to find an antidote and cure all the dogs and so things are happily ever after at the end um there's a part of uh there's a scuffle with like the evil henchman in the climactic scene at the end of the movie where um the mayor mayor kobayashi is fighting with the sort of evil the, very pale-faced guy 
his uh pe- his note to pet to butler yeah the butler the, the butler evil guy. butler and he um in, in the scuffle for some reason katari no not katari atari gets his oh, kidney yeah. like he lost one kidney in a train accident that killed his parents and for some reason he loses another kidney in the scuffle <laughs> and survives nonetheless yeah and he um his uncle donates a kidney to save his nephew and they're like reading out of an anatomy textbook as they're doing <laughs> surgeon. The surgeon. It's one of a, my favorite books. There's a slightly odd sense of humor about this film, by the way. Yeah, there's there's little things. There's a there's a sequence at the beginning where you it's really well animated. Or well, not the beginning, but it's it's more or less the beginning. Towards the beginning like the, where the like fight they're between the two groups of dogs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she she gory pitch your ear off. Hmm. Huh. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, before we tear each other to shreds, why don't we just open the bag and see what we're fighting, fighting over a garbage bag full of junk food. And then well, he starts it's not even really food. It's yeah. like half devoured by worms at this point and everything. Yeah. But it's still worth fighting over based on, you know, everything else. A dog played by Edward Norton is just like reading through like this list of like crappy things in the bag. Then halfway through, Chief just cuts him off. It's like, all right, it's worth it. And then they <laughs> get into a big fight with the other pack of dogs. Um but yeah, that's sort of a and, and the Jeff Goldblum dog. Oh yeah, you heard the rumor, right? Yeah, you heard the rumor, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then Bill Murray is just sort of he his dog character was a mascot for a local baseball team that wasn't any good. Um, what else? Let's see. So and then randomly star-studded cast. Yeah, I think uh, the chief is played by uh, Brian Cranston. I think, if I'm not mistaken. One of Brian Cranston's one of the main dogs. I know that for sure. Whether that's Spots or Chief, I think it's Chief. It's Brian Cranston, and then I you have remember. Jeff Goldblum, um, Edward Norton, and Bill Murray. Who the two of them are kind of regulars in Wes Anderson movies. Um, yeah. So yeah, the uh, Chief's whole change, you know, from being a renegade to accepting responsibility is kind of the main story arc, and then you also have. Initially, um, spots sort of shifting from being the guard, Atari's guard dog to sort of helping these poor dogs that were, you know, had been subjected to these horrible experiments and stuff in this lab and managed to rebel and break out. Um, he sort of takes them under his wing and um, becomes their new leader after the old one died and sort of helps them achieve some sort of normalcy. Um, and starts a family, and so he, he has, like, new responsibilities now, which at first, Chief, now that he has this relationship with um, Atari, he sort of takes issue with, but then kind of sees reason in it, becomes the new guard dog. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, and then another thing, too, is that in the scuffle, Spots does sort of sacrifice himself to save... Atari at the at the, the fight at the end of the movie, um, but he, he doesn't actually die, so he, yeah. At the end, there's sort of a nice little scene where him and his family getting fed sushi. <laughs> I think it was sushi or some sort of Japanese dish. I don't know the name of. But yeah, it's a. There's some good sort of truths in the movie. Beauty. It's very aesthetic. It's got. The soundtrack is pretty good. It's pretty the, atmospheric yeah, for the most part. Is, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of, it fits a similar it does its sort job. of yeah. theme as the rest of the movie. It's like, 
slightly uh, jarring, but also sort of charming at the mm-hmm. same time. Mm-hmm. It's it's not nearly the same, you know, happy-go-lucky it's romp. It's whimsical the way that uh, Fantastic, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Mr. Fox is. There is a little bit of swearing in this movie, so it's probably not as friendly for younger kids. They don't just say cuss. <laughs> but, um, and there's a little bit of dog violence. Yeah, it's a, it's a little more grounded and grisly than it's it's interesting it is mm-hmm. because going into a stop-motion animated film you don't expect something as kind of not dark but like dim mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's a good way of putting it yeah it's dim it's um it's not per se it's not quote-unquote an adult movie but it's uh it's probably a little more mature than Fantastic Mr. Fox, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And not the usual connotation of mature. I mean, by way of degrees, I suppose, on a scale. It's what? PG-13? I believe so. So, yeah. 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 There you go. It's a PG-13 movie. Overall, I I, I found it. Watching in the theater, there, it's, it is a overall a comedy more or less, I'd say yeah. not, not yes. the stereotypical comedy, but there's like some really funny sequences. Like Riley mentioned, like little details, like the surgeon reading out of a, reading out of a <laughs> instruction book when doing the kidney. It, it's comedy is very dry and subtle and a little, a little dark at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the pacing and like the line delivery and stuff is like kind of, kind of um, s- stiff and formal, but and almost sort of an also ironic a way, kind elaborate. of yeah, and kind of the classic Wes Anderson dialogue style. It's just sort of a kind of flippant. But um, let's see what are there's some other things that were kind of funny in the. Oh yeah, it's, it's the naming of some of the geographic features. Oh yeah, on, <laughs> on Trash Island. Like there's these these peninsulas that kind of like kind of a trident shaped. But they're called the middle fingers. Um, what else? They're in the middle of the island, and they're, and they're yeah. finger like fingers. Oh, and then there's this uh, dog sage, the oracle, the, the oracle, oracle. <laughs> the dog sage. I forgot what his name was, but then uh, him and the oracle was this pug. She's like <laughs> this tiny little oracle. Or oracle has seen it in her visions. And they're like, whoa, she sees visions. No, I think she just understands TV. It's going <laughs> to rain tonight. To whom it may concern. Whoa, she can tell the future. I guess she just understands TV. <laughs> so she's just watching she's just, TV. She's like, hmm, what? <laughs> so every time this Oracle has seen it in her visions, she's just sort of zoned out watching this TV in a corner of the room. <laughs> Funny little little jokes like that. Um, and then there's some funny stuff with like the... Uh, um, like the, the language barrier stuff too. Cause there's interpreters that will like explain what's going on and like the big city council meeting or whatever. And then at the end of the movie, for some reason, the interpreter's kid is doing the translation and like messing up every once in a while. <laughs> there's that one time all the, uh, the council of evil cat people or whatever are in their meeting and they're like, oh, yes, fear let's has see. been monger. Let's see. Um, axles have been greased. Uh, Axles have been greased. Something's been stoked. Fear has fear has been mongered. I had that 
Well done. <laughs> well done. Like congr congratulate, congratulating each other for being, on being evil. evil. Yeah. <laughs> it's just pretty in, great. In a very matter of fact way. Yeah. And, and, uh, and it, being reminiscent of the, the speech. Yeah. Um, in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. There's, um, let's see at, at the end, the dogs are saved by one of the pro dog students. Who's like this hacker and he sneaks in and like, um, they're, they're using poison wasabi to try and kill all the people. And then they end up this hacker kid, like turns, turns like all the robots on the people doing the poisoning. <laughs> and this sort of this triumph moment where he looks, looks into the camera with the smirk on his face and there's explosions in the background. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Cause it was just sort of this quiet background character before he's doing all this cool stuff. Funny little sequences. So yeah. Overall, a very uh, enjoyable. It's not like film. laugh out loud, but it's just weird and quirky. Mm -hmm. So, in summary, transcendentals. So we've sort of covered the truths and the the beauty, with the aesthetics and such, mm -hmm. the storytelling style, and then um, the goodness was kind of tied into the truths, the sacrifice, the the change of heart. The yeah, mm -hmm. another little thing I thought was kind of subtle and neat was like the you know atari giving um giving chief a bath and like how he changed into like basically a new dog mm -hmm. by accepting you know right. this change in his life that was kind of a neat illustration uh, 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 uh he, he was washed clean yes mm -hmm. <laughs> by accepting uh, his by accepting responsibility. a master yeah yeah mm -hmm. so there's there's an element we catholics can draw from it um goodness I say that that'd be an element of it. There's yeah, some yeah. of the that's what I was talking. Some of the about. themes so, yeah. for sure. Um, that'd be the main thing, and then overall, like sort of the the unity of it all, how it all comes together. Yeah, there's all, all the pieces work together with a while being very distinct. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's it's really cool how Wes Anderson is able to do that with these. Yeah, it's kind of like I mean, it, it's not a uniformly dark. No movie because there's a, a sequence where they're traveling and it kind of flashes by several different scenes and mm -hmm. there's like a, a nicer meadow-ish thing that they're walking through and then and it kind of sticks out because these certain characters will have a different color palette or some or different areas will have a color palette that stands out yeah. from the rest of the film so it gives it a different uh, tone a different and then as they're going that, that journey montage there's sort of this soft um, sort of soft guitar song and this guy's singing about like basically swallowing pride and that sort of thing. So it's kind of an interesting additional mm -hmm. uh, reinforcing yeah, the, that point. Um, but yeah, so there's goodness. Um, what else? Truth, goodness, unity. Yeah, there's like things like at the beginning of the movie. It's kind of a lot like Edgar Wright movies where there will be like set up and like little subtle hints throughout the movie that are all resolved at the end. Um, That's just good storytelling right there. Yeah. And there's like this little detail too where like Atari and Spots have this, um, they have these connected, like he this connected e headset. Earpiece. Yeah, earpiece thing that blinks green when they're within range of each other. And so, like, as they're getting closer and closer, this thing sort of, on Atari, sort of starts crackling to life. It's like giving hope that Spots is still alive. And the interesting thing about it being um, stop motion 
is there's a whole lot of attention to detail in mm-hmm. the background that just stands out all the more when you realize somebody had to physically touch that and yeah. move it. And so, the dogs very much behave like the dogs are very well animated in this movie. Like they're expressive and stuff, but then they act like they're very dog like kind of. It's kind of funny how sometimes even in the writing of the characters, they're a little bit dog like where mm-hmm. it's like uh, uh, Atari when he first meets a dog. The dogs pulls out like a treat. And they're all like, "Oh, yeah, oh, he's got a treat." And they, they they perk up, and then like when they're fighting over something, and then they'll like the next minute they'll just be like, kind of chill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what else? There's um, another at the at, towards the beginning of the movie when they first start helping um, Atari look for spots, they find this dog cage, like, like oh yeah, we know where spots is. We think, and then they go to this dog cage kennel thing and there's just a skeleton inside. I was like, Oh, I guess, uh, I guess, um, I guess he didn't get out. Um, we couldn't find the key and Atari just pulls the key out of his pocket. So they think that spots is dead, but turns out it's a different dog because the S P O on his collar was sport, not spots. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because like Bill Murray's dog just sort of thinks it's cool and takes it. It's like, where'd you get that? That I, I found it. That it was cool. You got that from the dead dog, didn't you? <laughs> um, yeah, there's some yeah overall unity. Um, the sort of uh, the samurai story at the beginning, and like uh, Atari even wins everyone over by reciting this haiku he made. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's funny. And the last line is completely unrelated to everything else. It's like. Uh, Falling over. cherry blossom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's kind of neat. Um, I suppose. I suppose we have to mail our five dollar check to Bishop Barron. Why is that? <laughs> Didn't I tell you guys about this? No. Someone, I think it was Hunter, was tweeted every time a young Catholic uses the words "truth, goodness, and beauty," Bishop Barron gets five dollars in royalties. <laughs> <laughs> Ship off another check, boys. Same thing oh. with Von Balthazar. Or, um, what's well, more, more people than Bishop Aaron talk about Balthazar. True. Clerically speaking, talks about Balthazar. Hmm. Catholic stuff you should know talks about Balthazar. Lots of people talk about Balthazar. I feel like if we want to become a Chad podcast, we may need to start like implementing like Catholic writings and stuff into our examinations, but. Probably. That requires show prep. <laughs> yeah. And I have no excuses now. I mean, I did a little bit of show prep for this. I actually wrote down a summary. Yeah, there's like so I wouldn't five bullet points forever. over there. It went really well. Yeah, yeah you, you, pre- you prepared for the uh, Warcraft, the Warcraft episode. episode. That went really well, yeah. Nathan was pretty well prepared with Metroid. Uh, yeah, I, I had written down a couple bullet points beforehand, and also I, I just... I just very, very I'm very, very familiar. familiar. But yeah. anyway, it helps to be very familiar with your source material. Enough about our methodology. Yeah. Yes. Can no we find uh, the scenes? Uh, overall, I'd say I could. Yeah. Rec- we recommend heartily this recommend film. Oh, yes. to persons over the age of 13. Probably, yeah, probably 13, somewhere in that range. <sighs> Anyone over that age there. It's, it's a neat little movie. And I mean, if dry humor isn't your thing, 
Sucks to be you, but no. <laughs> <laughs> why, why are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> yeah, why are you listening to this podcast? Let's be real. Um, but if you are, we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, we uh, recommend this film. There's some good. There's some good things to be drawn out of as Catholics. It's overall pretty wholesome for the most part. There's a couple, you know, a little bit of coarse language, but it's even like the instance of coarse language is uh, is actually is intended to be a uh, pun. Yeah, because, because yeah, a particular know. insult means you mm. are the offspring of a female dog, and when it was when perfectly in context. Yeah, the joke of it, it was it said perfectly in context. <laughs> so, yeah. Good good film. Good film. Good times. Well. Well. Um, thank you for listening. Yes. Continue to listen to us and share our stuff on Twitter and Facebook and what have you. People you think might be interested in listening to us. Or just sharing it by, by stuffing it in their face and saying, listen to this, turn it on. <laughs> we don't recommend shoving a phone in somebody's mouth, for instance. Just, you know. I didn't say mouth. I said face. Face. True. There, there, There's like, when something's in your face, it means it's right in front of it, which would mean. True. It's technically like like within a inch or two of your face. Is that considered still your face? Is it kind of like nation's sea territory where it's just within a certain <laughs> radius in the ocean? Like the, the air that you have, your, you have airspace. <laughs> as, <laughs> as your sovereign, as your face. Probably. That's what your bubble is. Like your sovereign Circle airspace <laughs> <laughs> around my person. It's like, what is this phone in my face? You have violated my sovereign airspace. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, violate people's sovereign airspace <laughs> with this podcast. <laughs> or share it over international airspace <laughs> between the two of you. <laughs> but if somebody tells you get out of their bubble, respect their wishes. We're not advocating for any of that sort of weirdness. But yeah. Respecto. Respecto. <laughs> Respecto their distance. Especially in social distancing. Yes. Don't listen to this podcast in groups of more than 10. Yes. And make sure you're six feet away from the speakers. <laughs> our, our sound waves, you never know, could be infected. Because <laughs> that's how viruses work. But yeah. Smash those buttons. Smash All the buttons. The, buttons the good buttons. Even the dislike button. Yeah, we'll leave a review. That. Yeah. You, if you want to you wanna talk to us, email us at palladianpapist.com at gmail.com and uh, yeah leave us a like on Facebook follow us on Twitter tweet at us if you liked what we talked about yeah if you or if you have suggestions or questions or yeah if you have anything you would like to see us cover in a future episode be sure to shoot us a message on any of the aforementioned platforms but yeah yeah Thank you for listening, everybody, and take care. Stay safe, stay healthy as possible, or if you are recovering from the virus, Godspeed to you. We yep. appreciate your listenership. Until the next episode, we have been the Palladian Papists. <laughs> <laughs>